This episode of the Smalters Media Podcast is sponsored by Tithely. Tithely lets you set up an online giving platform that is easy to use for your church members and easy for you to manage on the back end. To set up your Tithely account is completely free and with the ability to have your church members cover their online giving fees, you can be sure that you do not lose donations every transaction. To learn more about how Tithely can serve your church, head over to smallchurch.media forward slash Tithely. That link is also in the show notes, but it's smallchurch.media forward slash Tithely. We are in episode 64 of the podcast where we are wrapping up our whole conversation, our whole series on websites for churches, talking about what are the best website practices to keep in mind as you build out your church website. You ready to get into this conversation? Let's get it. This is the Small Church Media Podcast with Mark Hyde. Well, what is good, everybody? And welcome to episode 64 of the Small Church Media Podcast. If you have been around for a while, you are very familiar with our free resource library over on our website, smallchurch.com. Media. Well, today, well, technically yesterday, because I, I did it Monday, <laughs> I put two brand new resources in that free resource library for you. And if you are an email subscriber to the Small Church Media Podcast, you were already made aware about it yesterday. But there are two new Christmas graphics for you to use for completely free for your church this Christmas season. In those two different graphics, there's like a more trendier version where it has a lot more of your tans and your bright colors and your orbs and your more fun font. I don't know. We're, we're calling a trendy Christmas 2022, okay? But then there's also your classic Christmas picture where it has the star in the sky and the manger and there's some different textures going on there. And both of those graphics I made as easy as possible for you to be able to edit and do what you need to do to use those resources for your church for both social and for in-person services. And with both of those Christmas packs, I didn't just include, you know, Christmas at your church, like the standard Christmas pack, but there's also a, a, a slide in there and a social media graphic that says Merry Christmas on it. So that way on Christmas Sunday morning, you could post that on your socials or put that in your church slide somewhere. So even if you are doing a completely different Christmas series and you don't want to use the Christmas graphic, you can at least have a graphic that says Merry Christmas right on there. With both of those, there's also blank slides for both the PowerPoint and social media. So you can create your own slides and texts and quotes and whatever you need to use those for. And you can download both of those for completely free. It's not one or the other. You can download both over at the free resource library at smallchurch.media because we are officially, oh goodness, um, like six weeks out from Christmas. So it's time to get on it. Time to get on those Christmas ads to at least let your community know what is going on with your church and to give people opportunity to invite people to your Christmas services. With those links, there's also Canva template files that you can edit if you have Canva Pro as well. But seriously, head over to smallchurch.media right now, download both of those, and use those for your church in whatever way you see fit. Well, so far, we have had a six-week conversation all around your church website. You know, we talked about what types of builders you should use and what's the right one, what is WordPress, how you should use it, what are the different website visitors and how to serve them, how to turn your website into the central hub for your church, which has been one of the most downloaded episodes of this series. And then my personal favorite one, uh, number five, was how to create a visitor pipeline slash visitor funnel on your website. 
Number six, which was last week, was advanced things you can do with your website. And today, we're going to put a pretty bow on it, all right? We're not going to go into super, super detail on how to do it inside of your builder, but I'm going to give you four best practices that you need to keep in mind as you design out your website to make sure that you get the most out of your website. Because here's the deal, okay? I know for a fact that you don't have a lot of time, you don't have a lot of maybe design abilities, and maybe you're not even sure if you know how to build a website. But today, I'm to give you four of the best website practices that I could give you to help you make the most out of your website, no matter what platform you use or what abilities you have in the design sphere. So let's jump into those, all right? So the first best practice that I want to tell you about is make sure that every page on your website has a purpose. Make sure every page on your website has a purpose. You should be asking questions such as, who is the target audience of this page? Is it visitors or is it church members? And then what information needs to be on that page? And if you could choose just one photo or, you know, to uh, one, if you could choose just one photo to put on this webpage to enforce what you're talking about, what would that picture be? I'm talking about things like your ministry pages, how to get connected, how to contact the church calendar. It doesn't matter. If you have a webpage on your website, the question is, is what is the purpose of that webpage? And more than just what is the purpose, but does this webpage even need to exist? You know, something that I see on a lot of small church websites is there's not a whole lot of ministry happenings in the church. Now, you might have like a children's ministry, youth group Wednesday night, um, maybe Bible study Wednesday night, and maybe choir practice on Saturday. I don't know. And let's just say Sunday school, Sunday morning. And a lot of times what small churches will do is they will create an individual page for each ministry of the church and sometimes only have like one or two sentences on each one of those pages. Now, here's something that you can think about, all right? If you only have one or two sentences per ministry, per page, the question is, is are you wasting a lot of click space that people could just scroll through and read? You know, there's something called anchor links, and I'll let you Google what that means, anchor links, but basically what that is, is if you click a tab, it scrolls to a certain section of a web page, like somewhere in the middle, wherever you tell it you want it to scroll. There have been churches that I've created websites for where they, honest to goodness, only have a, hey, here's here we are, here's the times we meet, and that's all they wanted to say about the ministry. So what we did is in the menu, because we had to stay, remember, visitor-focused here, is in the menu, when you clicked ministries, click student ministry, it took you to the student ministry section on the ministries page, rather than having a whole bunch of pages that are, have a lot of white background and like one or two sentences, because that is a terrible UI, uh, user interface for people to actually interact with on your website. And then every time you have some sort of ministry or thing you want to say on your website, try to find a picture that reinforces what you are talking about. So that way people can visually see it and people could also read it as well and put the two and two together. But you have to make sure every single page on your website has a purpose. And if doesn't ha- and if it does not have a real purpose and you can flat out say, this is why we do it this way and here's the results that we get from it, it's probably time to kill that page. Because when you are trying to build a very, very clean, simplistic website for your church, more content is a great thing to have unless you are causing people to click all over the website, which creates a bad visitor experience, which then in turns means that they may leave your website and go somewhere else or never look at another church website again. So the first thing you need to do is just guarantee every single page on your website has to have a purpose. The second thing that you need to make sure that you do for your website is instead of just focusing on text, focus on 
pictures because pictures are literally worth a thousand words. And yes, people want to know what service times you have in your church, what the beliefs of your church, um, are there different gatherings, are there a Sunday school, what to expect, are there different types of connections can people plug into? Yes, people need to be told all of this information. And yes, they are looking for this information, but they also want to see what kind of people are even at your church what your pastor dressed like, what the building looks like, what the sanctuary looks like, what type of worship do they have? A millennial question is, is it an acoustic drum set or is it an electric drum set? These are questions that you might not be able to answer every single time you wanna say something on the website. But if you use pictures well, you don't have to say as much. And then it helps people actually emotionally engage with the website. Because when people just see words, they're reading just factual things. But when they see pictures, when they see smiles, when they see eyes, when they see friends, they can start visualizing themselves in that type of setting. So you need to make sure you focus on pictures. And I personally would say it's honest to goodness worth it to hire a local photographer to come to your services once every six months or especially events or whatever it is to get pictures for your church. Yes, for actual like record and remember what church was like and the people were like, but to also use it on your website. But if you're like, you know what, Mark, I do not have the budget to hire a photographer for my pictures. I have an episode for you. Back on episode 24, I had an episode called The Six Types of Photos Your Church Needs and How to Get Them All on Just One Sunday Using Your iPhone. So I'm gonna include that episode page in the show notes, but just go to episode 24 of the podcast or click the link in the show notes or go to the website and you can use the search bar and just type in the word picture in the search and that episode will appear. But you can get the six types of photos that your church needs and get them all on one Sunday even before church even begins, if it's you. But there's also, let's just be honest, you need to get some pictures after church already going. But on one Sunday, get all pictures you need. It is just a win. So, so far, you have to make sure every page has a purpose. And then number two, you gotta focus on the pictures on your website. Number three is you have to make your pages skimmable. You have to make your pages skimmable. So here's how you do this, all right? Poragraphs, I... (laughs) Paragraphs bore people, not paragraphs. Paragraphs bore people. So you want to break your content up with headlines and fewer sentences under those headlines. So like on the plan your visit page, instead of having this one long, massive just paragraph text about what people can plan to visit, that's that and the other, literally break it up into different sections by using different headers and different groupings and categories and pictures. And then you can even use colors and images to organize those into sections, rows, in columns. So for example, here's one way you can do it, all right? So let's say you have a plan your visit page, all right? You could have one section with a picture on the left-hand side, title on the top right, and a paragraph right there on the right. Section number two, your image can be on the right, headline on the left, paragraph text on the right. Generally speaking, you never want to have more than more than two paragraphs per headline because people don't sit there and read every single piece of content. They're scrolling through and trying to get information in as quickly as humanly possible. So anytime you are able to break up pages into different sections for easier just understandability and readability, the better. I created a church website and we just launched it recently for Taylor's First Baptist Church out in Taylor, South Carolina. And on their children's ministry page, they had a ton of content on their old 
website. And one of the biggest paragraph sections was the weekly rhythms of what goes on in the children's ministry because, you know, they had Sunday school and then children's church and then they had a Sunday night program. They had other different ministries that happened during the week, like on Wednesdays. And um, they just had all these things that were going on for the church inside of their church life. And so what we did is instead of having all of this stuff just in one massive paragraph, in one section, we had three different columns. So think about like a rows and columns in Excel, right? So one row, three different columns. And in each one of those columns, we had what the tether of that weekly rhythm was. And then one quick little paragraph below that to tell parents about what that weekly rhythm is. Because as people are scrolling primarily on their phone, they don't always just want to see paragraphs of text. But if you break up their mental just skimming and not paying attention with pictures and also with headlines, that could make your web website actually easier to, to, to manage because people are skimming right through it. And what goes along with making your page skimmable is cut the fluff, all right? So over-communicate, but with fewer words. No beating around the bush. Be direct and precise, yet also simple. Because again, I mean, we got to make fun of this in the blogger world, right? Where you want to get a recipe for like red velvet cake, and all you want to do is just see the recipe and move on. But before you get to it, these bloggers will write, paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs of like the history of red velvet cake and uh, their favorite memory with red velvet cake and ways not to use red velvet cake and why you shouldn't buy it from the store and why you should make memories. And then all of a sudden you finally get to the recipe. We want to make sure we don't do that on our church's website. All right. People want to know literally who it's for, when, what, like, like what is going on? When is it going to happen? And what do they need to know about that in all areas of church life? So as you're creating different web pages on your website, make sure it has a purpose, focus and lean into the pictures and make sure that if you are skimming through your website quickly, you are able to quickly get the information that you need without having to think extra hard to get that information. Because let's be honest, people are lazy. They just want you to tell them what is going on in church life. And the last thing that you need to do to make sure your website is at the best place it can be is make sure that your website is visitor focused. By this point in this conversation, I hope you get this wrapped around your brain, where your website has to be visitor-focused. Because remember, your church members will not look at your website very often, okay? Maybe they'll go there to give online or set up their giving. Maybe they missed a sermon, they want to go back and listen or watch one of your sermons, or they want to see what events going on in the calendar. But 90% of the time, someone who lands on your website is going to be a visitor. So you have to make sure that your website is visitor focused. You can ask questions like these to see if it actually is visitor focused. Can new people find the most important information as quickly as possible on our website, such as service times, Bible study times, ministry event times, or what events are going on at the church that you are asking people to sign up for, especially for special service times like Christmas, and Easter and Good Friday and all that good stuff. Another question is, is by the time someone gets to the bottom of your homepage, do they know enough about your church that they will want to plan a visit? And then do you help them go to the page of how they can plan their visit? Another question, do you even have a plan your visit page? Can people contact you and your church easily? And again, like we've already talked about, can they just find what they need to know very, very, very quickly? You have to make sure that when someone lands on your website, it is ready to be viewed by visitors. 
You know, I created a resource a while back called the Free Church Website PDF Downloadable Audit. That's a really big mouthful. It's basically so you can audit your website and take it through four different tests to make sure that your website is good to go for visitors to actually find the information that they need. And in one of the tests that we have, like we know we talk about page speed, we talk about other various different things in the website, more technically speaking, but one of the tests are to hand your website off to someone who maybe is a younger generation or someone who's visually inclined and have them go through the website and see if they can find information that is very, very, you know, that they just need to find. But another thing you can do is maybe you can ask one of your church members, especially with Thanksgiving season coming around, as well as Christmas, to just say, hey, I know you don't know much about our church, or maybe you have a friend that goes to a different church. You can literally just say, hey, can you try to figure out you know, just do, do, do you get the information that you need? Let them just go through it with their own eyes and with their own brain. And maybe they'll be able to answer the question of, is there enough content on here for a visitor? Does the visitor know what the church is all about? What the mission and the vision of the church is? How they can get involved? What ministries you have for the church? What the service times are? Where should they park? What should they dress? What does the pastor look like? What is the music like? All these different things. You want to make sure it's visitor-focused, so why don't you ask someone who's a friend or family member who does not go to your church and is not connected with your church and just hand them your website and just with that PDF audit and just flat out say, hey, can you like rate this for me and find these various elements on the website? Because we want to make sure our website is doing all it can be. So head over to the free resource library at smallchurch.media. Find that audit, that PDF audit. You just have to download it really quick. It doesn't cost you a thing, and hopefully that will help you take your website website to the next level. So today we talked about the four best website practices. Now we could have gone on for much longer than just these four, but if you make sure that every page on your website has a purpose, you're focusing on pictures, you make those pages skimmable, and you make sure your website is visitor focused, no matter what design you have, you can be sure that your website is actually ready to be viewed by the people who are trying to view your website. And if you need help at all with actually creating a new website for your church, feel free to reach out to me. Y'all know this by now, but my day job is a website developer for church marketing agencies, churches, and other clients as well. Feel free to reach out to me at hello at smallchurch.media or head over to my business website, markhyde.com, and you can connect with me over there to talk about what we can do to create a new website for your church. But I hope that these last seven seven conversations uh, just provide some sort of value and content for you to be able to maybe make you just a little bit more confident with how you can use your church website to help you put your best foot forward with your website and then hopefully turn online visitors into visiting families. Well, guys, just like always, it was a pleasure to hang out with you again for another week of the Small Church Media Podcast. If you have not yet, please leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google. If they let you rate it, it would be awesome if you could rate it. But even more than rating this podcast, could you share this podcast with another Small Church pastor friend? You know, I look at the stats. I, <laughs> I can see what episodes are downloaded, when they were downloaded, all these kind of fun things. And over the last three months, we have had some significant growth of our podcast. And I want to say thank you to you guys for coming in week in and week out to learn how to use media to just better your small church. But I think a lot of our growth is because you guys are sharing these episodes with a friend. So if this website was an encouragement to you or this website, if this episode was an encouragement to you or any of the episodes for Small Church Media Podcast, send that episode to another small church pastor, communicator, or volunteer's way so we can continue to help other small churches just like yours 
use Medium to grow the faith of their congregation and reach outside the four walls of their church. Come back next Tuesday, same time, same place for another conversation all around using media for small churches. So until then, I hope you have a great week. The Small Church Media Podcast is a part of Mark Hyde Creative.